0: The following is a live broadcast of a Lone Star community radio program. Recorded and broadcasted live on IRLoneStar.com, Connors FM 104.5, 106.1, and Facebook.com slash IRLoneStar. For more information on this show, please visit our show page at IRLoneStar.com slash shows. To sponsor or donate to this program, visit our donate page at IRLoneStar.com donate or donate. Or email us at lscrstudios at gmail.com or give us a call at 936-666-1084. Lone Star Community Radio production and broadcast is possible by folks like you. So sponsor and donate today.
1: Hey, this is DJ Mike from Dan Simon, Texas. And you're listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KZZWLP Conroe and 106.1 KZCCLP Conroe and worldwide on IRLonestar
2: welcome
3: back. This is the Extension Hour, Texas AM Migrolife Extension Service. So we are doing a 4-H series of shows so this one's kind of a little bit different than what we uh, normally do in the extension hour it's it's kind of similar but because we we usually just talk we have really good conversations we highlight our people our programs and our partnerships but one of our programs that are the kind of the cornerstone of what we do in extension is our 4-h program so helping our youth and we are doing a series of three three shows so in the first one we talked a little bit uh, just an orientation of um, how to join 4-H what it is getting on 4-H online how to find a, um, a club how to start thinking about a project so in this show we wanted to go just a little bit more in depth about some of those project opportunities so you've got a project and then how do you really showcase what you've learned from that project what are the opportunities to really kind of test your knowledge and your skills and and um, sort of even show off a little bit because, um, 4-H is really, uh, we said before making the best better. That's the, um, motto of 4-H. So, um, that's the way you make the best better as you test and you retest and you contest and you, <laughs> um, you show off what, you, what you've learned. So that's what we're going to talk about today. But before we get um, too far into that, let's you go, go ahead and introduce yourself just in case someone's tuning in for the first time and, and who are um, people are in the studio today. And
1: I'm Michelle Mahalik and I'm the County Extension Agent for the 4-H program here.
2: My name is Justin Sons. I'm the Urban Youth Development Agent for Montgomery County.
3: So Urban Youth does a little bit uh, more non-traditional type things where 4-H does kind of the traditional 4-H, but both of you guys work in the 4-H program. And actually, you know, in Extension, every Extension agent has 4-H responsibilities. We do a little bit of uh, 4-H. So whereas my main responsibilities is within family and community health and mostly adult programs, I also do a lot of uh, 4-H uh, projects as well or 4-H um, involvement, so um with the uh, some of the contests, I help run those. Um, help, uh, provide <laughs> advice when anybody asks. You know, <laughs> if you want to know, I can usually I can usually help just a little bit. Anyway, so um, yeah, so we Texas A and M Extension. So one of the things that makes 4-H a little different than maybe some other um, programs, youth programs that are out there, is that it is part of. Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service, um, whereas every state in Texas has, I mean, every state in Texas, every county in Texas has an extension office, has a 4-H program, and every state in the nation has a um, extension service and has a 4-H program. And it's always interesting, too, to see and the like differences on 32 4-H programs. And,
1: countries in the world uh, have something similar so to 4-H.
3: Yeah. So what makes it a little different, so it's not, so sometimes people can kind of confuse us with FFA? Or they think that ffa is 4-h and they are very similar and we are great partners with them we um, enjoy working with the um, agriculture programs in schools but we're not like a class in school so people that are involved in 4-h really kind of have to make a, um, an additional effort to be involved in 4-h right so they can't it's just not part of their school day they have to go to um, additional meetings they do uh, project activities and um, we talked a little bit about the meetings and all the great things that they learned just from participating in a meeting, even though it sounds like really boring, just a meeting, they're learning all the, all the cool stuff that they need to know, but it's just kind of snuck in on them, right? <laughs> all right, so projects. We talked um, a little bit in the previous show about some of the projects, but let's just kind of reiterate um, what types of projects there are available in 4-H. Uh,
1: well, and, and kind of, I'd like to talk a little bit about project selection and how that process works. There's 44 projects that are supported by some kind of curriculum. We could hand you a guide or a book, and if you didn't have a project leader in your club, you could kind of get the basics from that. So those are the ones that are listed. A part of trying to decide what project to do, that's a family decision. That's a family discussion, yes what are the youth in your family what are your children interested in um but but there is a financial factor that comes in that there's a situational factor that comes into that so we talked in our last show about 4h is 25 dollars before october 31st it's 30 dollar enrollment fee after october 31st and that's for you to be a 4-H member for the whole year until next August 31st. But in addition to that cost, whatever your projects, whatever projects you're interested in, there will be the additional cost of that project. So if you live in a subdivision with a normal sized backyard and your child is dying to do a steer project, that's probably not something situational within your family that's gonna be an option. So we can look at things like livestock judging that would get that same you know, educational component of a livestock project without actually having to own or be able to own the livestock project itself. Um, Justin has got an active robotics um, project but there while we do have robotic kits that can be checked out for a team to utilize um, it may be difficult to get to the office and check that out and and use it for your practice and then turn around and turn it back in so that may be something where you want to have your own uh, own kit robotics kit to be able to practice with it does require a laptop to do that so is that something that you have the funds to invest in as a family in a three hundred dollar three hundred and fifty dollar three hundred fifty dollar kit plus whatever the laptop if you don't already have one so just because your child is really fired up or a 4-h member is really fired up to do this really awesome project there, there are limiting factors. Whether they're situational, whether they're financial, um, those are all things that need to be taken consideration into when as you're selecting your project.
3: And that also uh, relates into like how many projects that you might do. Right, so you can do as many projects as you want to do um, as long as your situation and finances and all of that work for that right
1: correct and those projects may be a group project you may be doing it with your club and going to club meetings you may also be doing some of your projects as self-directed so you're doing the education you're learning by you know looking on the internet or reading the curriculum and doing the exercises at home as a group And doing it self-directed
2: so one thing that constitutes a uh, project is that we uh, we like to encourage that projects have six learning experiences so you're going to learn six things from that project throughout the year um and those are going to be small things that let's talk about the food and nutrition project so learning how to read a label might be something that would be one of those lessons if it's the the beef project maybe learning how to feed a beef heifer how to properly feed a beef heifer if it's the robotics project how to program your robotic to make a right turn. So those are the little lessons that we want kids to uh, get throughout the year, along with setting a goal. We we, um, we encourage kids to set that goal and try to meet it. The goal may be, I wanna compete in my first contest, might be is an, a, a popular goal. Some of it may be, I just wanna eat better. I wanna learn how to eat right. Um, another goal may be for the beef project is I wanna be able to produce a calf until you know, market readiness. Um, along with that, you know, we always encourage community service projects with all our, all our projects. They're not required, but we do encourage it.
3: Mm -hmm. And, um, so some, we, we mentioned uh, 4-H age is third grade through 12th grade. So that's a good nine years worth of, um, opportunities to be involved in 4-H. And so you talked about the six learning activities or six learning things. Um, so that, um, the projects can be progressive right so you learn you set goals to learn something more in depth each um, year that you're participating in 4-H. And we mentioned in the previous show, too, about the career exploration opportunities that are part of 4-H. And so just increasing that knowledge and the things that you're learning in your project can lead you closer to deciding, is this a career for me or is this more of a um, hobby that I might want to do as I grow up? Of course, food and nutrition, right, you're going to always have to eat. So um, it's not really a hobby. It's it's an important life, life lesson.
2: Right. And the other thing along with that is, you know, we're, we know that kids are not going to be experts, you know, on day one. And so over time, over those the, the years and forth, they're going to become experts in their field. Um, we also encourage our kids to be volunteer teen leaders and to help train our younger kids and to remember what it was like when they first joined the, pro- the project and not knowing how to do the food and nutrition project. Um, But also we would like them to give back. What, What have they learned? What were some of their failures? What were some of their successes? And how can we help the younger youth in the program?
3: And we mentioned uh, finances, right? So there's the, the um, enrollment fee, then also there's any type of project fees that might be involved. And then if you participate in a contest, there's also maybe a contest um, registration fee. So we're gonna talk a little bit more about what those contests are, um, what some of those fees are, just to give people kind of an idea of what to expect. Um, and we'll be just a little bit more in depth about some of the um, the opportunities that are out there, like I said, to kind of show off everything that you've learned in your 4-H project. But before that, we're going to do just a little, we're going to take a break and we'll be back in just a few minutes here on the Extension Hour on Lone Star Radio, where we talk about our people, our programs, and our partnerships. And we talk about 4 H. Woo! We'll be right back.
0: 3776 to take your first step into the radio world. We have the safest food supply in the world. Strict laws and regulations restrict the usage of hormones, antibiotics, and pesticides within our food supply. Production agriculture practices and technologies such as the use of GMOs, which is not any more or less risky than conventional crop production. Has allowed American farmers to produce more food on less acres in an environmentally sound ways. Find out more online at pathoftheplate.tamu.edu. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, helping Texans make lives better. Listen in Mondays at noon to hear Conroe news from local nonprofits, businesses, upcoming events, Conroe Park events, news stories, and information that matters to you with your host, Margie Taylor of Taylorized PR. For more information about being a guest, visit IRLoneStar.com Conroe Culture.
3: Welcome back to the Extension Hour. I'm Amy Rustler. I've got Michelle Mahalik and Justin Signs here, and we are all employees of Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service. We're county extension agents. We help Texans make their lives better through the educational programs that we do, and obviously one of those is the 4-H program that we've been talking about. So um, this is part of a three-part series of. Uh, 4-H basics basically is what we're talking about in the first show we talked about how to join 4-H and now we're talking more about projects um, and uh, kind of where you can show off or how you can show off those projects and and, um, sort of share with others what you've learned so you know we're talking contests and that's part of it but also part of it too is is teaching others so all of the life skills that kids are learning through 4-H projects they are sharing with others and sometimes that's it It's a motivator for people, right? If you get a chance to be in a contest. I mean, that's there's a lot of contests that are part of life too. So being a good competitor, a good
1: sportsman. Good good
3: sportsman, yeah. Not necessarily being a good loser. So yeah, I'm thinking of a coworker like um, you guys know him but he used to say there's no good losers <laughs> which is you know we do learn how to lose gracefully and how to improve and set goals and do things better in the future and the next time around because you can't all be perfect right And you don't be afraid of failure exactly and that was one of the tips that we had in, in the first show that we um, when we were talking about 4-H okay so we've been talking about projects right so you're trying to figure out the project that you want there's a, there is some financial investment involved um, it's it's I I think minimal Um, and then sometimes when there are contests there will be some registration fees that just kind of help make those those contests run so um, some of the things that happen um, if 4-H contests we call it 4-H roundup and I so this is funny too right right so you guys both grew up in 4-H and and you uh, you know that's it's like one of those things that we talk about in extension now that we think that everybody just knows what it means so I remember when I had first started someone trying to explain it to me and they said um, that they were they were telling me a story about another relatively new agent who um, was ready. They told him, you know, come Saturday morning, be ready to go to Roundup. So he came ready for Roundup in his boots and his jeans and his rope. And he was going to up some, I guess, cattle. I don't know. He's totally misunderstood what Roundup is. So it is a Roundup, what we call... 4-H Roundup is a roundup of contests, so there's several contests that happen. Um, we do a cool thing in District 9, I think, where we do big time in D9. We do all of our contests, most all of our contests, mm-hmm. all in one weekend. But um, 4-H Roundup, is that your favorite thing ever, Michelle? No, it's record books. That's your favorite. <laughs> <laughs> is it your favorite thing, Justin?
2: It's a close one. because okay, Michelle's yeah. trying to collect herself. Yeah.
3: <laughs> She's to...
1: Roundup's lots of fun.
3: It's, it, a lot, it's, it's a
1: lot more fun when it's somewhere else.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, and you say somewhere else, because we usually host it here in Montgomery County, uh, the, the District 9 contest, which is, is cool. And then um, if they do, so they, there's county roundup, right? So they do, um, and usually that's sort of more like a practice, right? A so review. not so much of a, a contest where it's a make it or, or don't. Um, and then we go to district roundup, and then we go, kids can go to Seniors. state roundup
1: seniors can qualify to advance to state roundup and then intermediates there are a few contests that are invitational at
3: state roundup okay and then just to be clear clarify what is a senior 4-h member
2: so in 4-h we have three uh, categories uh three age divisions our first age division is going to be our juniors it's going to be our third through fifth graders From there, we have intermediate 4-Hers, which is going to be 6th through 8th grade, and then what we call senior 4-H members, ninth through 12th grade.
3: Because that can get confusing to people that are not really um, extremely familiar with 4-H because we talk about the seniors, and you start thinking a senior in high school school, and then juniors, but they're only 8 years old. How are they a junior? Right, so the age category. So when we refer to those, um, particularly when we talk about contests, that's what we're talking about. All right, so Roundup, your favorite. (laughs) (laughs)
2: So County Roundup, I like to, for those folks who who, um, are used to public school, I like to kind of relay Roundup as far as our UIL contest. Mm -hmm. So we might have some some practice held at our local school for UIL, and then we go to our our district or regional UIL, and then from there we advance to state. And that's kind of the same concept with our 4-H Roundup. Forge Roundup, as as you mentioned, are going to have various contests, and those are going to be our opportunities to really test the knowledge that we've worked on all year and see how well we can apply that knowledge we've gained in that project from that year. So here in Montgomery County, we'll start off with County Roundup, and that's typically going to be held at the early part of the new year, depending on the schedules. Usually it's going to be in um, February or March. I think this year we have it set for a March date. And this is going to be a review, so we ask kids, uh, you know, We ask them now, you know, to start thinking about a contest within their project, and we're going to have them sign up, and they're going to come to the Extension Office, and we're going to have a panel of judges for them to review their project. If it's a food and nutrition project with food show, maybe, they'll bring their dish to the Extension Office, and they'll give their presentation, and we'll give them tips on what they can do to improve on it for when they advance to District Roundup, or if it's a photography, we'll take a look at those photos, and we'll say, okay, these are the the three photos we think that would be best entered for the show here are the here's ones we like here are the ones why we didn't quite like these because we talk about the rule of thirds leading lines and all those tips and tricks for photography with robotics we'll have a county contest uh, to help determine which teams might go on to our major shows because we do have a limited number of, of kids that we can enter and those teams we can enter um, so we do have a contest for robotics with food challenge we'll have a mock contest so we'll, it'll be exactly the same. We just won't give out awards, but we'll give out something more important. We'll give them constructive feedback on how they can improve. So when they do make it to that that qualifying contest, they'll be as prepared as possible.
3: And I think one of the things that you're mentioning, too, that uh, alluding to the feedback that they get from it. So, so, yes, they're being judged based on the amount of knowledge that they're able to communicate um, in whatever contest that they are in. Um, but that's really just to help them improve and do better. So it's not just to say, oh, you're really good and you're really not so good it's more to say this is um this is where I see how much you've learned and this is where I see where you could learn some more so that it's helping kids again make the best better to Better right. themselves by um, giving them some opportunities to improve and do something better the next time. So in some ways, the contest can be a learning experience as well as a contest where they can go home with prizes. They can get they get ribbons. They get um, we, district roundup. We have these cool leather banners, banners that they can um, rosettes and banners. Have. Yeah. So they they have recognition certificates are another thing which I you know. Uh, some kids love them some parents love them <laughs> um, but it is just kind of a token of the um, participation that they've done in the contest so the uh, county roundup they do well at county roundup they get to go to district roundup and that's what i mentioned before big time and d9 because we're district nine and what we're talking about too is what we do here in montgomery county and district nine so if you've got friends from another part of the state then they may go you know we don't do things like that we all have similar rules, um, but uh, the way the contests are implemented may be a little different depending on what that county needs, right?
2: Right. So he, here in Texas, we have 12 districts, and we are District 9, and our district is made of 18 counties um, around the Houston area. So we go from Fort Bend County all the way to Orange, all the way up into, I think, Madison Madisonville. is Madisonville, and then all the way to... Um, Lee County, which is that little, little tail there. Yeah. So that's kind of the, yeah. the little cluster of eighteen cans that make up our district mm-hmm. and those are the where the kids will be competing.
3: And you had something do you want to to add? Oh okay. You were, that was, <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. So Justin, district roundup big time in D nine. Tell us about that.
2: Well, you are very lucky because you have the co chairs of the district <laughs> nine uh, roundup, which is the big time in D nine. So in the past it has moved around our district um a couple of times, but for the last three, four years? Five <laughs> years. Well, it doesn't seem that long. This been, will be five. This will be five years. That's been held here in Montgomery County in our I don't I wouldn't call it our backyard. It's more of our front yard because it's held Well,
1: I guess you could say four, because we didn't four. get to have
3: twenty twenty. <laughs> yeah. Technically.
1: Yeah. Uh
2: it's held here in Montgomery County at the Lone Star Community College campus. Um, I believe it's the Montgomery.
3: It's called Montgomery, it's kinda in the woodlands, but it's yeah. Montgomery campus, yeah. yeah.
2: So we'll have kids from all eighteen counties and it'll span a course of two and a half days. Day one will be a, a few contests that are gonna be a little bit larger, like a robotics and Quiz um, Bowl. Quiz bowls. Quiz bowls. Quiz bowls. Yeah. We had quiz bowls that day and then over the on a Thursday and then Friday and Saturday we run about sixteen other contests throughout the day.
3: And one of the reasons why it's in Montgomery County too, you know, besides the awesomeness that we are <laughs> is um, it's kind of central to that Southeast region that you just talked about with the um, 18 counties.
1: We're pretty close to the center of the district. Um, and, and in 2019 at the last contest we held, we had over 600 entries um, 600 members come and participate in a variety of contests over that weekend, which is, a, it feels like a huge number to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot of people. To that is a lot of people. County.
3: Yep. And, and and all in one weekend, kids can participate at this point in as many contests as they want. So, you know, if they just want to dip their toe in the water and just do one contest to get a feel for how it works, they can do that. Um, we have some superstar overachievers, particularly here in Montgomery County, who have uh, participated in five, five. six... I think did Kayla six, sent the, set the record.
1: <laughs> maybe seven contests was the most, and then Galveston County had one that did six or seven.
3: And then, like we said, our older 4-H members can go on to state roundup, which is held on the campus of Texas A&M University. So that's pretty cool. They get kind of that um, college experience, being on a college campus. I mean, for some kids, that's one of the things that really inspires them um, to go to college. A&M it's good recruitment for A&M they get lots of uh, recruits out of that but um and then there's uh also additional um, learning opportunities that they've added with Roundup as well so you can go do a contest you can also do like they have the 4-H lead academy um teaching people uh, teaching kids leadership skills um lots of other um also supplemental things that they can do.
2: Right, and just to give a little bit of timeline of our contest. So t- the four year will start September 1. And so typically the fall is when we're gonna have a couple of workshops and we're gonna do some of the learning that goes on with that project. And then as I mentioned, we're gonna have our County Roundup, kind of our County practice in, in March. And then we'll have district Roundup in May. The first weekend in May typically is when we have district Roundup. And then for our seniors and those intermediates who do have invitational contest, that'll be held in June. So we kind of run almost the full 4-H year, um, getting ready, all leading up to State Roundup.
3: Yeah, And you mentioned there's 20 different contests that we have, um, and I'm probably not counting right, but there's um, there's a food show, fashion show, food challenge, Duds to Dazzle, um, all the quiz bowls. So there's three different quiz bowls that happen. The robotics contest happens the um uh, share the fun which is kind of like a talent show
1: talent show with seven categories so mm-hmm. if they're doing you know band or cheerleading or dance at school then it um falls right into that we've got photography judging contest a livestock skill that's another one where you don't have you can learn about livestock and not have to own a livestock project um agriculture id yeah. um which is kind of like going to the grocery store and learning about the fruits and vegetables and and meat and all of those kinds of products um that you might buy in a grocery store um being able to identify them and where they come from and what the growing season mm-hmm. is and that sort of thing uh, vet science skillathon. um or another round of them
2: um, and then we also have com- uh, consumer decision-making which is for it shopping it's just a, a different way of saying for it shopping you have four products they'll give you a scenario and you test your ability and how to get the best bang for your buck based on a the scenario they give you we'll have public speaking where you give a speech mm-hmm. and we have um, educational presentation where you prepare a demonstration on a given topic and so you, you the difference between educational presentation and public speaking is With educational presentations, you get to use props and PowerPoints. Mm.
3: And so we mentioned earlier, too, in the first show about, you know, when you're selecting a project or whatever, pretty much anything you're interested in, you could make a 4-H project out of it. And educational presentations is one of those ones that I think that is that contest where you can really highlight what you've learned because there are like incredibly interesting topics that often come up in those educational presentations so there's several categories that they can enter and then there's an open category so pretty much something that doesn't fit anywhere else can go into the open category and you can show off what you've learned
2: so if your project was underwater basket weaving (laughs) you can do a educational presentation on how to do underwater basket weaving
3: okay so this is just like one kind of uh, contest category and we've got more that we want to talk about um, because one of the things that people think about often is um, livestock shows we're going to talk a little bit more about those how you get into those um, in the next segments but we're going to take a break and we'll be back in just a little bit as we talk more about 4-h and our people our programs and our partnerships here on Lone Star Radio see you soon
1: What can the Better Living for Texans program do for you? You can learn how to increase your consumption
0: of fruits and vegetables, choose foods that are relatively inexpensive and good to eat, make your food dollars last longer, prepare quick, nutritious meals, help your children learn how to eat healthier
3: snacks, and much more. Our program is committed to helping people like you improve your health through providing research-based nutrition education in a friendly, cost-free, and
0: relaxed environment. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, helping Texans make their lives better. Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show with monthly and weekly slots available in Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1 and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast. Create your first YouTube channel and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at irlonestar.com or call the station message line at 936-647-3776 to take your first step into the radio world.
1: Hey y'all, it's DJ Mike from Dan Simon, Texas.
3: Welcome back. We're talking about 4-H. 4-H basics. We're focusing more on projects and contests in this uh, segment or this show today, um, because in our first show, uh, in our in our series of three that we've put together for you today, uh, we uh, talked about just kind of the basics, how to join 4-H, and um, you know why you should be in 4-H and that kind of thing. And those, so now we're focusing more on projects and sort of contest, basically. So, and as we mentioned in the uh, last segment you know the contests are really a great learning experience too you kind of um you 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 put yourself out there and you really get a chance to evaluate the skills and and what how much you have learned and and I think one of the cool things is just seeing like how much you've grown so you know sometimes kids can be really shy and um maybe lack some of the confidence that they need. Uh, Of course, you know, there's some kids that have plenty of confidence, obviously. We've got all kinds um, in 4-H, but I am just always impressed, both when I see uh, kids that already have the confidence, but those ones that kind of develop it and learn it along the way. And contests are kind of like a really cool marker for those yeah to see the difference from you know the kid that wouldn't hardly say a word the first time they got in front of a judge to Uh, the ones that you can't get to stop talking sitting in the hall crying because they were gonna have to do their presentation in front of Mm -hmm. the judge
1: and we finally convinced her to she could do her presentation to the county judges facing away from them she had to talk loud enough they could hear her, but she didn't have to look at him we finally got her through that, and a year, two years later, she's standing in front of a 4-H club of 100 members giving her treasurer speech. Yeah or
3: treasurer's report. Mm-hmm. Um, so another thing that happens, or well, yeah. some of the things that people are most familiar with is the the livestock show, right? Or they, they think about 4-H, and that means showing animals. And for many uh, families, that is um, the main thing that they do. And so we want to talk a little bit now about um, the fair and also the major livestock shows, because that's, that's a whole world by itself, pretty much, right? It
1: is. <laughs> um, it is. It's an expanding world now. Um, but there's lots of opportunities out there of course Montgomery County Fair is where the bulk of our 4-H members focus their attention on participation um, that's kind of the biggest thing going on in any county is the county fair is a really big deal um, Montgomery County Fair is uh, not unusual in the fact that their you know requirements to participate in Montgomery County Fair are that you are a 4-H or FFA member and that you live in and or go to school in Montgomery County um, so we do have some homeschool families that uh, you know may live on the borders of the county and not go to school in montgomery county and so um those are the requirements for montgomery county fair you have to live in and or go to school in montgomery county and there's a whole lot of details to that they also 4-h does not have an attendance requirement so texas 4-h does not require that you have to attend or participate in x number of meetings to be a member in good standing However, Montgomery County Fair has a requirement that a 4-H member or an FFA member has to have attended 50% of the meetings between September and February. Now I know the fair's not until April um, and that's six months if you're counting. So you have to attend at least three of the meetings within that six months. I encourage people to get those three out of the way in a hurry because things happen. Um, like we discovered this year, things happen. <laughs> it's um, been a year of happenings. <laughs> but our entries are due in February, so then that's the reason that the deadline to make those attendance requirements is in February. So you've got those two things under your belt um, if you are doing a livestock project There's a few more deadlines that we have to be aware of, um, and there's lots of details to that. So to be able to show a livestock project, for the most part, you have to tag that animal in. What the heck is tag in? (laughs) So in our junior livestock program statewide, there is a process of verifying that you own that animal, by the ownership deadline. Every show that's out there, every county fair, every state major show that's out there has an ownership deadline. You have to own the animal by X date. So for Montgomery County Fair, that date coincides with a tag-in where you bring the animal, the 4-H member and the child to the fairgrounds and you tag the animal in. We record all your information, what club you're with, and then that animal is available to show at Montgomery County Fair. So there's a series of those. It all depends on what animal you're showing. There's a different tagging date for all of those. So those are the three requirements so far. Now there is a whole other process to Montgomery County Fair. They have a non-livestock show And for us, non-livestock show is, uh, they've got homemaking, desserts, cakes, candies, pies, breads from scratch, quick breads, yeast breads, canned foods. They have handicraft, they have needlecraft, fine arts, photography, and horticulture show. So all of those, the deadline for those is the entry deadline in February. Um, they are having on November, I think it's November 6th, they're having an information meeting about all the non-livestock things if you have questions about those things. Um, in the non-livestock show in Montgomery County, you submit your entry on Saturday morning and that goes through a, an evaluation process. Judges go in and they pick the top ten those top ten come back for an interview that afternoon. So in the interview process those ten are interviewed they have to be able to tell the judge everything they can tell them about the project that they turned in Um, and then from that step they place the top four and the top four go into the auction.
3: And just to mention, one of the ways that so we're talking a lot of a lot of details, right? Because there's a lot, a lot to, of details. Yes. Um, so there is a fair catalog that's available.
1: There is a fair catalog, mcfa.org, and um, you can find the rules, a full book of the rules. And I would encourage anyone that's considering Montgomery County Fair to go in read the general rules and read the rules for the species or category that you're going to be or interested in entering Um, and that will give you all of the information that you need to be ready for that. So that's county participation, Montgomery County Fair. Um, We have a large number of 4-H members that choose to try new things and stretch their comfort zone and they go and show at a major livestock show. So our major livestock shows in Texas are, do I start in the fall? I guess we'll start (laughs) Start in the fall. fall. Yeah. So for the fall shows are State Fair of Texas and Heart of Texas. Um, you've seen some information about those two being able to be accomplished this year with uh, a limited number of people coming and only focusing on the junior market projects Um, and then when we move into January we start with Fort Worth um, the Southwestern Livestock Show in Fort Worth, San Antonio, San Angelo, Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo and then Rodeo Austin. Um, So we have, Texas is extremely unique in the number of shows that we have and the variety of things that we have going on. Um, For the livestock projects, it's the same concept. There is an ownership deadline. There's one extra step. Um, We have validation for that. So you have to order the tags and tell us that you're planning on validating something. Then you have to come to the validation night. Um, same thing, child, parent, animal, come. We use the tag that you ordered. We get you validated. And then there's an entry night. So you'll come to my office as a 4-H member. You'll come to the office, and we'll get your entries done and get you in uh, entered into that livestock show. The really neat thing that I think is going on with the major shows um, and Justin mentioned a while ago that there are some UIL contests that are similar to what our 4-H Roundup contests are and the same thing has happened with the major shows. Our major livestock shows have begun to uh, try to recruit non-livestock members and add more Um, contests that are not related to livestock because there's several of us that are in the situation that Montgomery County's in and we're becoming more subdivided we're becoming more um, suburban or urban and there's fewer places to be able to keep livestock projects so the major shows have seen that happening and they're doing what they can to try to get that done Um, to add that to it
2: and with with that um every county county show and major show they have a mission of um agriculture education and i think they've realized they're they're understanding that agriculture education is not just showing livestock but also in some of the contests and getting prepared for those contests as we've mentioned that growth in those those projects that, that they get some of the projects that they have um in those that are non livestock, the major shows, and even Montgomery County Fair. One of the more, one of the most popular one that's growing quickly is the robotics, um, agrobotics as we call it. Montgomery County Fair uh, had their first agrobot contest in 2019, um, and we had 50 teams, over 400 kids come to that. And the theme was Texas Timber. So there'll be a theme with that contest that relates to some type of agricultural product or agricultural industry. This past year at the major shows, the theme for Agrobotic Contest were, um, were bees, um, native bees. And this coming year, we're going to be looking at water conservation. So there's always, there's always some tie to agriculture. Mm-hmm. Along with robotics, we have Food Challenge. And as we know, food, uh, it's kind of path to the plate how food gets um, our farmers and our agriculturalists are the ones who produce our food. We also have a vet science skillathon, as Michelle had mentioned. A vet science is one of those um, is a very popular program, but um, we need our veterinarians, you know, for our our livestock producers, and so getting them trained and hopefully getting them some exposure for their state certified assistant test is also going to be beneficial to that. And then we do a few other things, as we talked about, with um, public speaking, and so that we'll have um, speeches will be geared towards agricultural industries. talking about vaccinations, talking about food and fiber. And then we have science affairs, agri-science fairs, and those are all going to be related to um, ag products, um, power systems, food systems, animal systems, and even people systems. Hmm.
3: So I think one of the takeaways when we're talking about fairs and major shows is it takes a lot of planning in advance, right? So a lot of folks start planning like a, You know, as soon as this fair's over, we're planning for the next fair or the next livestock show. Um, So it's not necessarily something that you can just say, Oh, fair's coming up next week. I think I'll enter. Or I want to go to the livestock show and show something. Definitely there's lots of other things that, you know, where you can go just be a spectator and that kind of thing. But if you really wanted to participate, it takes a lot of planning in advance. So contacting your local county extension office is, a, is definitely one of your first steps. Find out where you're at on that so that you've got everything that you need to make sure that you're, you have successful participation in those shows.
1: And the big advantage that I can see with the major shows coming on board with some of these things is they, they fall in line with some of the FFA contests that are happening. Um, they're similar to some of the UIL contests that are going on and so you have if you plan well you have the opportunity to work really hard on a project and be able to utilize it in multiple contests um, or a version of it in multiple contests so to me that's that's a real neat opportunity to get to be able to play with the same thing
3: in different courts and as I mentioned before, just uh, participating in the contest is a learning experience by itself. So it's not—it's not required to participate in contests um as a part of 4-H but it definitely is a fun part of 4-H um so we are going to take a break we're going to come back with some last thoughts from Michelle and Justin about contest and why you should participate in contest or 4-H contest we'll do another top five so we're going to take a break give them a chance to come up with their five and then we'll be right back after this
0: Welcome back, we're to part of
3: our three-part series on 4-H basics. Um, we've been talking in this show about contest and livestock shows and those kinds of things that you can do. Um, in our first show, we talked about really basics of just signing up for 4-H. So if you need to rewind, you can go back and listen to one of those. They are available on YouTube and here on the station's webpage. So um, there's you can find more information there. But we've been talking about contests, right? So I'm going to put uh, Michelle and Justin on the spot. And I want to know what your top five are about contests, what they do, why Why are they good? Why do we even do them in 4-H?
1: It's a place to, it's a way to see where you stand. You've been working really hard learning this information. In a contest, you're able to exhibit what you've learned, demonstrate what you've learned. And from one year to the next, you can see your improvement. Um, As a grown-up, I get compared to my coworkers on a performance basis, So it's an opportunity to practice that sort of uh, opportunity as well, Um, being able to see where you stand with your peers and and how you can compete with your peers because as as a grown-up lots of our jobs are competitive also Mm -hmm. and so this is a safe way to get that experience and some
2: practice at that. Yeah. So go, talking about practice, another thing we kind of allude to was the interview. We had mentioned the story about um, the growth that we saw in the young lady with her first interview to um, speaking in front of a large forage group. But a lot of these contests have an interview a component to them. And so as we know, to make the best better, the more practice that we can get in front of those judges, the better we are gonna get, the, uh, the better we will be at interviewing. And so the goal with that is when these kids go to interview for their first job, you know, they'll have the skills to give a good interview. If it's going to be for, um, if it's going to be for vet school, as a, a Michelle had talked about, I think in the last show, maybe talking about the vet, her vet school experience was having that interview, um, skills. And then when we get into the real world, being able to interview for these jobs, so I think it's a very important skill that these kids will get lots of practice with.
1: Okay, uh, confidence building. Um, Being able to, uh, you know, stand up in front of a group and successfully get through that interview process or that um, contest, the horse judging was, we always were terrified of having to give reasons. Um, And I tell kids today, it's, uh, you have to give reasons every day. So it's just practice and you're giving it um, to somebody beside your parents. But building that confidence and learning that skill.
2: And all these uh, amount to is the learning experience these kids are going to get that they can kind of grow from. Because in 4-H, we're going to grow true leaders. And through that, we're going to see them kind of blossom over the years. But it's going to be learning experiences, how to do that interview process, how do we compare against our peers, and how can we improve along with having that confidence. So with that is we can put these learning experiences also on our resumes for when we do when we go for those jobs. And then also, we think about our seniors when we're applying for scholarships. You know, I think it's great when we have 4.0 GPAs, but we also wanna see well-rounded kids and who are gonna have um, different activities such as a food challenge, they're gonna do robotics, they do a beef cattle project. And most of those are gonna have that that um, contest aspect and that interview aspect, but those are going to be great learning experiences that they can put down on resumes and even the 4-H record book. <laughs>
1: All right, yeah. number five? Uh, actually, number one. We we're <laughs> counting yeah. down. Yeah, we're going,
2: okay. counting down.
1: We're <laughs> counting down. The uh, number one reason why five. you should do it is? It's fun. fun. <laughs> Definitely having fun. Yeah. Um, fun with your teammates, fun, you know, fun in in the getting to the the event the traveling I never realized what a big deal it was that we traveled to major shows traveled the state roundup Um, when I got to college and and nobody could believe I would jump in the truck and drive three or four hours by myself to those big cities so little things like that that we don't ever even think about
2: it's also fun to see the growth and so when we have a little bit of hard luck and you know one year we might have we might not do as well as we had hoped but it's it's fun to see um when you come back the next year the next day and, and you do well and you've you've had that ability to grow as a a young member that's that's also the fun part too
1: yeah. and meeting new people mm. and and seeing those people again and again from across the state and learning those ideas and and sharing um, experiences uh, statewide. Oftentimes, those are going to be of some
2: that. of the uh, the friends are going to make throughout your forage career, and and after Forge, you'll see those same kids probably in your college career and post college,
1: mm. and still
3: be friends. This many years later, <laughs> even when they were competitors when you were younger.
2: Yes. Yes.
1: <laughs> yes.
3: Yeah. So, so many good reasons why to join 4-H and to do um, do contests and, um, but you know what? There's even more. And so our next show is going to be. But wait, there's more because there really is more that you can do in 4-H. Um, so we will be back uh, next week with more about uh, 4-H opportunities we'll talk a little bit about record books we'll talk about scholarships we'll talk about um, leadership opportunities and community service and probably a few other things that we come up with along the way um, in this three-part series about our 4-H basics here in montgomery county and of course as we mentioned before it's very similar in every county in texas so some of the things we've talked about have been really specific to montgomery county but pretty much anybody And 4-H is going to have these similar types of um, opportunities. So just to reiterate, to find out more information, where do we go? Call 936-539-7823,
1: extension 3, between 8 and noon, 1 and 5, Monday through Friday. Or
2: you can visit agrilife.org slash Montgomery County 4-H, no dash
3: sometimes you dash sometimes you don't dash but you know google google can google. be your friend too Montgomery right? County Montgomery, Texas <laughs> Texas. Montgomery County, Texas yep or Texas 4-H thank you so much for being here sharing more information um, the, you know there's 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 a lot there's a lot to 4-H and I one time we had kind of a tagline more than you ever imagined and that that was actually one of my favorites and national 4-H week that's another thing well we'll talk about that in the next show um, thank you, Michelle. Thank you, Justin, for being here. And thank you all for listening. And we will be back next time with more 4-H information. Thanks for being on the with us on the Extension Hour, where we highlight our people, our programs, and our partnerships, and helping Texans make their lives better.
0: Today's show was recorded and broadcasted live on IRLoneStar.com, Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and all rights and ownership are reserved to Lone Star Community Radio. For more information regarding this program and Lone Star Community Radio, visit us online at IRLoneStar.com. Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's community radio station, serving the community with local programming on TV, radio, and online. If you enjoy today's program, please support us by sponsorship or starting your own show. Contact us today by phone or text at 936 666 One zero eight four, or email the station at lscrstudios at gmail.com.